Welcome to Global Truth Center. The title of my talk today is Get Dirty. So, um, you all know I have an assistant in my office named Brent. He's not a churchgoer, uh, which, which works for me because he does not revere me. He, uh, <laughs> he can come into my office and yell at me without feeling bad about it, that I didn't get something done. And when I sent him the talk title, I sent it to him at the end of the week, I sent him the talk title, he comes into my office and he went, did you mean to write Get Dirty? He said, this is a church, right? <laughs> I was like, it's not that kind of dirty, and that went into your mind, not mine. <laughs> so, um, and then he went, actually, I think it's a good title. It's provocative. Um, so it's not that dirty, it's this dirty. It's the kind of dirty where you actually have to get involved in life to actually make something happen out of your life. So um, you know what I've noticed lately? A lot of things. But one of the things I've noticed lately is that life can be messy. How many people here think life can be messy? Life can be messy. And do you know what we do when life is messy? We tend to want to clean it up. You're all like, really? I don't. Um, we tend to, I, for myself, I'll speak for myself. When life seems messy, I tend to want to get it unmessy. I want to clean it up. When we see a mess, when I see a mess, Kevin's even worse than me. If Kevin sees a mess, I'm barely done making a sandwich and the counter's clean. I barely am getting the sandwich back to the plate and all the crumbs are gone because he used to call me crumbly. <laughs> that I would leave crumbs all over the counter. But, but I always felt at that time like I didn't need to clean them up until it was time to clean them up. And I'm kind of getting back to that, FYI. Um, <laughs> Because it's maybe not about the neatness, maybe it's about the messy, you know? So life can be messy. My life has been extraordinarily messy this year. Sometimes something happens and your whole world gets messy. Everything gets messy. Your mind gets messy, your, your appearances get messy. And let's face it, when you're, where your mind goes, your world follows. So if you find yourself in a messy world, it's because your mind's just a little messy. Um, but you know what I've also noticed? I've noticed that when things are messy in my world, it usually means I've been busy. Too busy, perhaps, to clean up after me. Too busy, don't you think so? Absolutely. I know. I've been to your uh, front of your, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. You have a lot of stuff. I wouldn't call it messy. Would you call your, that messy? Not you, Steve. No. no. It's organized. Uh, now, that's the other thing. Organizing the mess. How many of you think you may have messy, but you've organized it well? Yes, I know, Kevin. <laughs> right? So, I mean, speaking of, of, of organized, aren't you about to organize your years of birth all the way to 70? Thank you. Yes, so. <laughs> Diane Brabant turns 70 tomorrow. So. I am just, I'm just so grateful. You're older than me. So, um, so, so messy sometimes means that I'm busy. But here's the question. Have I been busy growing? 
or have I been busy just wallowing in the mess? And that's a question for you today. When you find yourself so busy that your world seems a little messy, maybe your marriage feels a little messy, maybe your relationships feel a little messy, maybe your, your, your connection to what's mine to do feels a little messy, have you been growing in that mess or have you been languishing in that mess? You know, there's a, there's a beautiful line in, in Margaret's song, which is, um, when your face hits the dirt, plant some roots and maybe grow a little. And so what that says to me, what that talks to me about is when your face hits the dirt, how many of you, how many of your faces have hit the dirt maybe this year in some way or shape or form, right? Another epidemic. So our face does hit the dirt very often. We have many choices when my face hits the dirt. I can cry about it. You know, my face really hit the dirt. It hit the floor this year, cracked open my skull, stitches. It was just horrific. Poor Adam had to run over to our house to get something and cleaned up all of this blood. He said it looked like a, a crime scene. Um, so my face did hit the dirt, did hit the ground, and cracked me open. The good thing is I got a great plastic surgeon. You don't even see it anymore. But did I just cover it up so you wouldn't see it anymore, or did I take it and plant some roots and grow a little. You know, when you hit the dirt, when you fall, when you find messiness all around you, do you just complain about it? Do you lay in it? Do you languish in it? Do you criticize yourself? Do you judge yourself because of it? Good religious scientists must find out why they hit the dirt. What did I do to hit this dirt? What was I thinking that hit this dirt? They don't realize that's not religious science. Religious science is understanding that if I hit the dirt, I should plant some roots and grow a little because I am always evolving. I am always growing. It's not about the hit. It's about what you're going to do with it. What are you going to do from it? It's not about the mess in your life. It's what are you going to learn from it? What are you going to take from it? What are you going to grow from it? And that's what that whole song says to me. You know, we're so quick to clean things up we want to clean them up before we even see what's there. Don't be cleaning up your messes unless you understand what's there, how they got there, why they're there. That's the grow a little. That's the plant some roots there right in that mess and grow from it. And then maybe clean it up. That would be nice. Ernest Holmes says this. It is necessary that we release all thoughts as well as things that clutter up our lives. It is necessary that we release all thoughts as well as things that clutter up our lives. Very often for me, it's important for me to declutter my mind, declutter my life, but I tend to not declutter until I've gotten every last inch of what I need about it, which could also make people be hoarders, if you think about it. I could try to hold on to everything until I get the last scrap out of it. That's not what I am. I don't do that. But I do spend the time to find out what can I get out of all of this stuff. Decluttering. So I've done some decluttering. Um, I declutter my, I've decluttered my house. I've decluttered my computer. I've decluttered my office. I'm just in the process of decluttering my mind from a lot of things I no longer wish to occupy it. 
So this week was my birthday, 65, and I was decluttering, <laughs> thank you, I was decluttering my computer. I was trying to find a, 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 a file, and I found a file, and I'm deleting all these files. And a file came up, it said September 25th. So I thought, I don't know what that is, but since it's my birthday, it must be something about me. So I should read it. So I click on it, and it was a song. And all of a sudden, the music's playing, and all of a sudden, my daughter starts singing. I didn't know it. I didn't know that's what this file was from September 25th. But it was from September 25th, um, 2011. So it was like eight years ago. Um, she was 11 at the time. And so I'm listening to this sweet little girl play really bad guitar, interestingly enough, because she was just learning, and then singing with this little tiny voice like she sang when she played Eve in Christmas, in Yo-Ho-Ho, -Ho, Pirate's Christmas. And one of the lyrics, and it was, it's a really beautiful song, and it was a birthday song to me. And one of the really sweet lyrics she wrote was, um, you're my guardian angel sent from God. I love you, even though you're a little bit odd. <laughs> Do you remember that song? Oh, I'll play it for you. It's, it is so f and I just started laughing. And I found this two days before my birthday. And I was like, I was like, this was going to be a hard birthday, and it was a challenging birthday because she always made something out of my birthday, and um, as does my husband every year. Uh, but it was hard to contemplate a birthday without her. So I kind of kept to, we kept to ourselves this this birthday. But when I heard that song, and it just goes on and on and on, and it's like the most wonderful accolades about me. So if I had any doubt that I was a good father to her, certainly by that point in her life, I was really doing well. <laughs> um, and the whole song was, you know, and I don't want to go on, uh, all I really wanted to say was happy birthday. And then she talks another verse. And then all I wanted to say was happy birthday, but then another verse. It's a very long song. Um, <laughs> and I barely remember, remembered it. I was like, oh my God, this is like eight years ago. I probably never heard it since because it got lost in the clutter of my computer. And I started saying to myself, what else have I lost in the clutter of my life? With so much, so many files, where are the important ones? Where are the ones that I want to start new beginnings on? Where's the stuff that really matters to me in the midst of all of this clutter? So in order to deal with that, I have to get dirty. I have to get into the mess and start cleaning it out. And you know when you're cleaning, you get dirty. Gardening, how many of you do gardening? When you have to get in there and pull out those weeds, you get dirt under your fingertips. Then you have to get a manicure, right? <laughs> but you get dirty. You have to be willing to go in there. And when I went in, I found another thing from Nora, which was a call. It said, man of the year. And then it was a letter she wrote to Shamanad saying they all had to pick their, their man of the year. And she picked me. And, but, but the end of it was so sweet. At the end, she said, and just to, tell, just to tell you going forward, every year when I have to pick a man of the year, it will always be this man. And I list, I'm reading this whole thing and I'm like, if you're willing to step into the mess, the mess has a message for you. And I was saying, I really would love Nora to contact me somehow this birthday. I'd like to see something, you know, just like something from her. And oh my God, a song and a man of the year letter. 
That's like the best birthday present I've ever gotten from her. So sometimes a new beginning is looking at your mess in a new way. Being willing to look at your life in a new way, to look at the mess that your life may be in a new way, and then begin from there. Did you ever hear somebody say, um, you ever hear somebody say, oh God, I'm a mess? Right? How many of you have ever said, oh my God, I'm a mess? We've probably all, no Sharon, you've never said I'm a mess. <laughs> and I actually believe you. Um, the rest of you, I don't know. Think about it. I'm a mess. Well, guess what? You are. I am. We all are a mess. We are so much of so many things. We have so many thoughts, some of them great, some of them magnificent, some of them not so great, some of them not so magnificent. Just a, a, a potpourri of thoughts and ideas and beliefs. I'm 65. I have 65 years of this stuff. So my mind is filled with, with an infinite possibility of all the beliefs and ideas and thoughts and all the things I've contemplated in my life. That can be a mess. And you know when it's a mess? It's a mess when you let it all just be there and not focus it. So when we talk about new beginnings, it doesn't matter what the mess is. It doesn't matter whether or not you like yourself or like your life the way it is. What it matters is that you're willing to actually dive into it, mess and all, and start making sense out of it. That's really what I'm here to talk about today. What kind of sense are we making out of our lives? I believe that you're sitting here today and that all of you are watching online today because you want to know something about your life. It's not just to be entertained. It's not just to hear beautiful music, to, to, to witness new works as they're being made. That's all great. That's the gravy of this. That's the gift of coming to the Global Truth Center. I always talk about our show on a Sunday morning because I treat this like an entertainment. I think of this as enlightenment through entertainment because I would rather be enlightened by something entertaining than by hitting my head on the ground and cracking it open, to be honest although I do get a lot of mileage out of those things. But I don't need them to still be wise. Um, so, so what we're here to do, what I believe you're here to do, why I think you're here is to hear something that relates to your life that you can maybe use, right? Don't you think that's really why you're here? Right, that's why we're all here. That's why people should be at things called churches, to be enlightened, to be in the light of something bigger about your life. So the truth of what we're really being enlightened to today or, or brought into the light is it's okay to be messy. And it's imperative to get in there and get dirty in making sense out of it. And love only is the way to do that. Because one of the things that stops us from really paying attention to what's going on in our lives, you know, you hear a lot about the spiritual bypass. Does everybody know what that is? A spiritual bypass, certainly a new thought, is that because we're so enlightened and because we know who we are and because we know that thought is creative, we just ignore everything so that we can stay in tune. But the problem is, if there are things for you to ignore, you created them. And if you created them, ignoring them is not going to get rid of them. In fact, ignoring them gives them room to grow 
gives them room to expand without you paying attention to them. So also when I'm talking about getting dirty, I'm talking about getting dirty with the dirty thoughts in your mind, and I don't mean sexual. I mean those things in your mind that muddy up the truth of who you are, that muddy up your path to success. And that can be as simple as being a creative who judges everything you create, or being someone who, who, who wants to amass a, a, a a successful prosperity, but constantly talking bad about money. Do you know how many people I work with when they want money in their lives? They have horrible, negative, messy thoughts about money. Money's evil. Money's hard to come by. Only the wrong people have money. I mean, there's so many thoughts that can, messy, dirty thoughts that can come up around prosperity. It's no wonder we're in a world where most people have a problem with money. I'm always reminded of the day that one of my first clients came in to me and said, he was coming in for a prosperity session, wanted treatment on prosperity. I said, but what do you think about money? He goes, well, actually, I, I really hate money. Without missing a beat, I went, and money hates you. <laughs> and he was like, what? I said, if you hate money, money hates you. It's a reciprocal universe. It's the law of cause and effect. I hate money. Okay, then. But he didn't know he had that thought. Can I tell you about that person today who actually may be watching? He's successful. He's happy doing what he's doing, and he's married to a beautiful woman that he loves. And those were not the things going on in that, that day when he showed up in my office. And the I hate money, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in money. I, I don't care about money. I think it was really I don't care about money. And I said, and money doesn't care about you. Evident. That's what I'm talking about. Are you willing to clean up that mess in your mind, because you can't just start a new beginning without cleaning up, as Steve so brilliantly said. You can't just start a new beginning without cleaning up what's before the new beginning. So are you willing to get dirty? Are you willing to jump into your life and get dirty? Ernest Holmes said this, the self-expression of God is also the self-expression of man, for the two are one. The I am is both individual and universal. So God is both individual, right there, Eric Bork, and universal, the entire enchilada. And then it says, the spirit of God is the spirit of man. The spirit of God is the spirit of man. This is Ernest Holmes letting us all know we need to step into a new beginning of looking at ourselves as not a mess, but understanding that the mess is what God is. And that brings me to my favorite line I wanted to say today. God is a mess. <laughs> God is a mess because God's all of it. God's the good, God's the bad. We only decide on those words. God's the positive, God's the negative. Only in case of what we decide. God's a mess. So it's okay if I say, I am a mess. I am a mess of ideas, but which one do I want to focus on? Which one is going to take me to where I want to go? That's what we need to understand. This whole thing about I am God, whether it works or doesn't work, all of that is just another way of ignoring the truth. You know, I say I am God. If that makes you nervous, then say it a different way. But get what it means, exactly as Ernest Holmes says here. By the way, in the 1927 textbook, 
God is this, I am this, because there is no thing other than this. That is what he is saying. So we can say I am a mess, but are we referring to it in a way that understands it's all of it. I am all of it. If I'm sad, God is sad. If I'm happy, God is happy. If I'm depressed, God is depressed. The only way it becomes pejorative is when you decide this is wrong. And it's not that it's right or wrong. It just depends on what makes you happy. And if you find that being sad makes you happy, then you just got to figure out what's going on in your head. Right? It's all about being decisive. Are you willing to decide what you want for your life? So I got this quote. This is a gorgeous quote. This is from Ernest Holmes as well. He says, we seek fragments when the whole is at hand. Right? We seek fragments. We are trying to eke out this tiny little space for us on this planet when, in fact, we are the whole planet. We try to eke out some semblance of success in our, in our own experience. And in fact, we are all that success is. I don't know how I've never seen that quote in the Science of Mind 1927 book, but I shared with my class this week. I said, for those of you that feel that you've read the book, read it again and again and again. I have read that book maybe 50 times, and I've never seen we seek fragments when the whole is at hand. So what's it going to be for you? as we say goodbye to new beginnings and step into harvesting the good, are you willing to get dirty, get in there, get messy, see it, love it, accept it, embrace it, but know that you are all of it and you get to decide where are you going to put your focus. For me, I want to put my focus on the whole at hand and I want to stop seeking fragments I want to stop thinking this little thing here is going to make me happy. I am happiness. Or this one project here is going to bring me all the money I need to be happy. I already am the happiness of life. So if you're willing to really get in there, clear out the mind, clear out your world, because when I start to clear out my mind, my desk gets clear, my computer gets clear, my house gets clean because my mind is focused. And where my mind is, my life goes. So be done with the fragments. You are the entire expression of God, knowing itself through and as you. And as such, you have every opportunity to create the most magnificent life you could ever imagine. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.